So Jonah chapter 1, and I'll start reading at verse 10 and read through verse 16. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. So we are up to the point where Jonah's about to get tossed into the sea, not as if it's a surprise to those of us who have been Christians for a long time. But uh, in verse 11 they say, What shall we do to you? What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? Now, the sailors know why the storm has come. They were asking Jonah all those questions before. And as I said, he really only told them, I'm a Hebrew. I serve the Lord, the creator of all things. And then they were even more afraid because of this. And so they know now why the storm has come. They'd suspected that the storm was supernatural And now they have confirmation that the storm was supernatural. And so they know why the storm came. Now they want to know how they can get rid of it. How do we get rid of this storm? And their question assumes an answer, if you note it. They say, what shall we do to you? What shall we do to you that the storm shall cease? So see, they know how these things work. They know that because he's the cause, he has something to do with the resolution. And so these sailors, they're no longer spectators in this drama between God and Jonah. They're drawn in. They're participants. They're not just on the sidelines watching this happen. They're part of it. And they accept they're part of it. They say, what must we do to resolve this situation between you and God that we're drawn up into the middle of. The storm is going to kill us just like it will you. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. I want to start with that last sentence. Jonah said, I know that this great tempest is because of me. Now, we know this, but he didn't admit it until this moment. Jonah hadn't said that before. All he'd acknowledged was why he was running from God. He hadn't said, this storm is because of me. So, see, he admits fault here. And this is good. It's good for us to admit fault when we're to be blamed. Now, the sailors suspected that he was at fault, but they weren't going out of their way to accuse him of this fault, but he accepts it, he acknowledges it, and then he tells them what they have to do. 
throw me into the sea. They balk at this. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land. They didn't like the answer. And so that's the way it goes, isn't it? Jonah didn't like what God wanted him to do. Now the sailors don't like the answer. Oh, this is, this is, we're actors here. We know we have a part to play, but that's going too far. That, that's going too far. We're not going to do that. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. They rode hard to return to land. I believe Jonah must have been amused by this. What are you doing? I told you what you must do. What are you doing? And so he's probably trying to talk them out of this that they're doing. They're exhausting themselves trying to get back to land, and Jonah knows what's going to happen. He knows what has to happen. Now, I believe there are three different perspectives on this here. There's the sailor's perspective, there's Jonah's perspective, and then there's God's perspective. See, the sailors, they do not see beyond death. So that's just too far. They know if they throw Jonah out of the boat, he's going to die. They don't want to be privy to that. They don't want to be part of that. They don't want to be responsible for that. No, that's going too far. So they can only see up to that point, and it all looks horrific to them. And they're like, no, no, we're actors here, but we're not going to play that part. But see, Jonah believes he will die as well. But frankly, he's looking forward to it. He's like Elijah. After, Eliza, after Elijah runs from Jezebel and he's exhausted, and he's like, take me, take me, I want to die. Jonah's the same way. He's ready to die. He wants to die rather than obey. He'd rather die than do what God wants him to do. And he thinks he's about to be given over to death. And in that, there is a release. He's relieved. Jonah's like, throw me overboard. I already told you what you need to do. So then there's the third perspective and the perspective that prevails, of course. See, God knows what's going to happen. The sailors and Jonah believe that he's about to die, but God knows better. God knows that Jonah's not about to die. God sees beyond what we see. He knows the plan. He knows the plans he has for us. So there are these three perspectives at work, and they're driving each of them in their actions. Now let me read the rest. Therefore they cried out to the Lord. And this is Jehovah. This is God's covenant name. Therefore they cried out to Jehovah and said, We pray, O Jehovah, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Jehovah, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. The storm was supernatural, and the sailors, I believe, knew that. And now they see the ending of the storm is also supernatural. Jonah hits the water, the storm ceases. God has been appeased. He's got his human sacrifice, doesn't he? Isn't that what it looks like? Looks like it to me. It probably looked like it to the sailors. So now here, Jonah's been tossed overboard, and this is what the ramification is. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. 
and offered a sacrifice to Jehovah and took vows. These sailors have been changed by this. They are actors in this story being played out with Jonah, but they've been transformed. They're now not going to be just support characters. They're each main characters in their own stories from here on out. There is a beautiful, and I'm not going to get into it, but there's a beautiful symmetry where you go into this with the sailors and you come out of this with the sailors. They've been transformed. They now know God. God, this whole experience has drawn them into a relationship of faith to God. And yet it costs Jonah his life for all practical purposes. Everybody thinks he's dead. So there are obvious corollaries between this and Christ. You have both human sacrifices of a sort. Sacrifices that each in its own way appeased God's wrath. Onlookers to both deaths are shocked. The sailors didn't want to do this. But in the end, they did it and they saw that this is exactly what God wanted. And what happened in Christ's death on the cross? The centurion and the centurions that are right there have been involved with nailing him to the cross and his death When the moment comes and he cries out, it is finished, and the earthquake strikes and the graves are opened, the temple is rocked and the veil is ripped apart, what does the centurion say? Surely this was the Son of God. So see, they're shocked at the death of Christ as these sailors are shocked at the death of Jonah, that this is in some way appeasing God. So... I mentioned this once in a sermon a while back, a few years ago, but God believes in human sacrifice. It's not the way pagans portray it, but it is the way God has laid it out. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. It was man sacrificing himself for mankind. And so we thank God that he has arranged this for us, and we celebrate it every week when we come to the table We celebrate human sacrifice of all things. And so we are not pagan. We are Christian. Yet we acknowledge that God has arranged this. God has exacted a penalty from the innocent in order to pay the penalty for the guilty. And so we praise God for it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this illustration so clearly portrayed in the life of Jonah that though they saw death, you saw life, that there was life beyond the grave. There was life and hope and peace and contentment and restoration with you uh, beyond what they could not understand, neither uh, the sailors nor Jonah. And so we thank you, Father, that man does not have the imagination to contrive a religion as bizarre as Christianity. And so we thank you, Lord, that you have contrived it. We thank you that we are not only actors in it, but we have become participants. We ask you now, Lord, to bless this uh, table to our bodies, bless our bodies for your use. We give you thanks for this. In Christ's name and for his sake, amen.